0: Hi, I'm Paul Grenier. This is Whiskey and Wood. Bringing the people, the stories, and the success to you. This is a multi-billion dollar industry, and these guys and gals are out to get a piece of it. Why Whiskey and Wood? Why not? Hello everyone, super excited for this episode of Whiskey and Wood featuring the myth, the man, the mustache, Matthew of M2 Lumber. <laughs> Matt, it's been a little while, you know, last time we ran into each other, you came to IWF, you hung out at our yep. booth and, uh, you know,
1: that's chatting right,
0: with everybody that came in, it was awesome.
1: We sold some kilns that week y'all we did, did like, that's the you yes, like that's the goal. <laughs> 10 or so 10 or 12 kilns. That was crazy.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, that was a good show. Good turnout. It and was. A lot of customers came in to visit us like yourself and, uh, yeah. So what have you been up to since then? Sounds like
1: a lot. Yeah, we've been just busy as all get out, man. Been crazy. Uh, that was last August, right? So yeah. we've done a lot of milling, obviously, and lots of kiln drying. But I'd say in the last year, the biggest thing that we've changed is that we've really pushed our uh, custom furniture a little bit more than we had in the past. So we've been, we've stayed really busy with some custom furniture builds, with some projects. I've uh, you know slowly stepped away from my day job, which I think most people that follow me online knew for for the last six years i've always had a day job as a manufacturing engineer and uh, that keeps you a little busy i was doing a nice job i
0: I saw that come across my news feed and you said you were quitting your day job i'm like oh my god you do so much with your other business that is like two full-time jobs you were carrying yeah and For people who don't follow you, you put out some of the greatest content, super educational. Like if I had to describe you, it would be like an Alton Brown Uh, meets Ace Ventura. (laughs) It's like you know, you explain the science. I I think you take a lot of the fear out of buying locally sourced wood, and just the education of different species. Pith mm-hmm. grain orientation, movement in wood, things you can't control, how spalting occurs in wood and that normal lumber yards will throw that away and we see that as a great value. And really, what you do with, with saving the trees, that's what iDry is all about, keeping stuff, save the trees, that's buy right. some of these shirts at uh, m2lumber.com, is that right?
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: Lumber.com, And make sure you check out Matt's videos, they're amazing. Lincoln Street Woodworks video, you guys killed it. Super educational, super quick, funny yep. as always, the best content out there. So right, thanks, to you for it. really educating the public. But so you just quit your day job. Yep. Well, what was your day job? Transmission?
1: Yeah, so I have a background in mechanical engineering, so um, I've worked in manufacturing for the last 15 years. I did a couple years working for GE, making large gas turbines, and then for the last uh, 10 years, I was working in the automotive industry, building uh, automatic transmissions, a German company called ZF. Those are still like UFOs to me. I've tried to
0: understand automatic transmissions, and I still...
1: I I worked there for 10 years and and I understood the components that I was working on, which was manufacturing of gears. But as far as how the whole thing functions, I mean, yeah, it it makes sense. You can explain it, but it's still pretty impressive what they're able to get out of such a small package. It's it's mind blowing to me.
0: Yeah. So simultaneously to that, you were running a full fledged hopping woodworking business out of your house. Mind blowing.
1: Yep. Yeah, like you said, it was very stressful. It was very, um, a lot of hours. I'd say probably easily 80 hours a week for the last, you know, six years, but it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the part, uh, where I got to be outside milling wood, drying wood, building furniture. That was the part I enjoyed. The part that I started to not enjoy was my day job going to work. And, um, I was very fortunate that they let me slowly step away from that. Okay. So when I first approached my uh, the company ZF about wanting to go out on my own, they actually let me work part-time, which is pretty unheard of for someone my age and in that industry. COVID happened during this time too. So there was already kind of an upset to the normal work-life balance anyways. Um, I think that had a little bit to do with it, but they did. They let me go part-time and start working four days a week. And then I did three days a week. And then I did two days a week. And then for the past... Yeah, for the past six months, I was doing two days a week. And then I finally just said, I'm, I'm done, guys. I, ha- I got to go. Yeah, exactly.
0: How did the uh, whole wood portion start? When, when did you start M2 Lumber?
1: So I've been in, a, I've always done woodworking building furniture and building just little tiny things. My dad had a wood shop. It was a very, his first wood shop was a really sketchy basement, dirt (laughs) floor. Yeah, dirt floor, you know, like dim lighting, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre type wood shop. And then, you know, as he got, you know, I'm sure more financially uh, able to later on in life, I'd say when he was in his mid forties or so, when I was a young adolescent, he had a nicer garage workshop. And so ever since I was you know, eight or nine years old, I've been in a wood shop, playing mm-hmm. around with wood. And when I got done with school, that kind of just fell back into that as one of my hobbies that I already had experience with. I enjoyed doing it. Also, it was a, uh, I thought it would be something, you know, as a young person out of school and debt, and I had young kids, I was looking like I can make a little extra money on this side. Yeah. And, and I got to give a shout out real quick to our local, there's a woodworkers guild here in Greenville. It's the Greenville Woodworkers Guild. Cool. They're a great organization. It's like 15 bucks a month. And I was a member there for several years before I had a wood shop or anything. And you can, they have everything. It's a huge uh, facility. I think it's gotta be at least three to 4,000 square feet or more And you can just, they got all the tools you need and everything. There's so all that the was tools a great place. For, That's awesome. Yeah. So and so you can learn a lot of, they have classes there too. So you can learn a lot of skills and stuff that you could do. So I was a member of there for a little while, did some woodworking, got a little out of control with that. Started building some tables and furniture for people. And then in 2015, we moved away from the city, moved out in the country where we are now. And I have four acres of land. I have no regulations because I'm out in a rural area. And that's kind of when I decided, hey, I'm gonna try this. Like, Matt Cremona was like, you know, peaking on YouTube at that time with all the stuff he was doing. And I was like, I'm gonna try this, this sawmill sawmill urban lumber thing, like like what Matt's doing everything else. I could go around, I could snatch up some logs and I could do that. <laughs> So for the first year or two, I actually just took it to another local sawmill and had it milled up. No, that's the first year we did that. And that worked out pretty well, but we had to wait on, you know, the wood to get milled up sometimes. It took longer. Sometimes it wasn't cut the way that we wanted it to. And and he has a circular sawmill too, which makes about a three-eighth inch kerf. So when you're cutting up walnut yeah. <laughs> and every cut is three-eighths of an inch, yeah. you know, four cuts, you throw a whole board away. Yeah. So that started to get expensive. So that's when we went out and bought our own uh, woodmizer sawmill and kerf that's the uh, waste product that the saw creates as it makes correct work. yeah right yeah and so a band sawmill like we have is i think three thirty seconds very very small kerf yeah. it doesn't throw out the chips coming out is just like a powder it's not even really chips when it's milling that so we had that we quickly milled up a whole lot more wood than i ever needed when i bought that sawmill none of this was ever planned as you can kind of tell as i'm walking okay. you through it it just kind of happened so i was like oh i'll just go out and buy a sawmill I bought a sawmill and started milling it up. Before you knew it, I had like 10,000 boar feet of wood sitting around. It's like, what am I going to do with all this? So I decided to try to sell it online on Facebook Marketplace because that had just started too. Yep. That worked out pretty well. We were selling wood online and uh, people were coming to pick up neat little slabs, especially the cool ones like, you know, the, the burly ones and the stuff with spalting it and stuff like that. But I did start to notice everyone asking, is this kiln dried? Is this kiln dried? And, and I knew what kiln dried wood was. And yeah. I said, no, it's, it's not kiln dried. So after about six months, I realized if I really want to be able to sell this stuff, I'm going to have to kiln dry this wood. And I already knew about iDry. I already knew about you guys. And I was like, I want it, but I'm not sure yet. So I built a solar kiln. The first kiln we had was a solar kiln, and I built it myself. It holds about 2,000 square feet. And it works. You know, it does work. You're good. Did it you just, use
0: the, uh, the Virginia, use Virginia tech design?
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep, Virginia tech design. design. Works well. Works well southeast right it's hot we got about a good six to seven months of summertime weather where it's working but i did also learn the drawbacks of it really thick slabs and at like two inches plus and dense hardwoods like white oak i did white oak once eight quarter and it took eight months
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: To, to truly get it dry and i say truly because um, one of the other aspects, if you're going to be kiln drying wood, you should probably get yourself a decent moisture meter. And we've got a Delm J2000, which has the inch and a half thick probes in it. So you can really get down to the center of the wood and check the moisture. And to really get that dry, it took eight months. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And so, you know, it was free to operate. It cost me, I think, $6,000 to build. But we kept running out of wood. This was when COVID hit. So, COVID started hitting. Everyone was out of work. Everyone had money from the government. Everyone had time off. We were working 14 hour days. I was running out of wood. Like it was, I, I could see it. I said, in about three months, we're going to have no wood left because I can't kiln dry it fast enough. And that's when I called you guys and I said, hey, man, I've got to do this. I've got to get this eye dry. And we got it the following February, got it installed. And that machine has been down, I think, maybe eight days total in two years. Just running constantly, getting non nonstop. Yep, yep. yep. That's,
0: that's the idea with those. And you know, bring it back. You say truly kiln dried. And to your education, you can dry wood by throwing it outside, stacking it up, and stickering it. But you can also sure. still ruin wood that way, or not properly get it dried to the core. And yeah. Have someone build a beautiful piece of furniture with it, and then all of a sudden, after one winter in the house, the thing is popping and moving and cracking, and that's what we don't want to do, right? We want to um, be able to take your mother's tree off of her property and create a piece of furniture that's going to last forever, and to do that, it needs to be kiln-dried property. Your videos. yeah,
1: Yeah, that was one of the things when we, we have a we have a full wood shop too and so we have a CNC machine and and we're constantly you know we're always flattening these slabs afterwards and so that's the that is the quickest way to tell if wood has been kiln dried properly is when you go to work it if there's stress built up in the wood because it was dried either too fast or it wasn't dried all the way down to the core or something like that, you will tell as soon as you go to start machining that piece of wood. I've had on our CNC machine, a two inch thick piece of slab of wood. It'll, it'll raise up on the ends and stuff as you start to machine away the surface, you get down to moist wood. It'll just start moving while you're working. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So it's, it's very important to, to make sure that it's kiln dried properly, yeah.
0: So furniture business has been booming for you? You've been really busy with that. So I guess let's get back to leaving your job, starting this new venture. Mm -hmm. How did you know the time was right to jump into this full-time now and
1: completely cut ties with with the other? So one thing I've always done since I started, since I decided this was a business, again, it it was never really planned. It was all kind of accidental the way it fell into place. But one thing I always have decided with every major step along the way, buying the sawmill, buying the kiln, buying our loader, our CNC machine, and then me quitting my day job, I always let the natural organic growth and the customer demand tell me I needed to do that. Yeah. So when when I like I said, when I knew I had to buy an eye dry is when we were running out of wood because I couldn't dry it fast enough. So I was like, oh, I gotta go buy an eye dry. And honestly I need a second one, Paul, but I don't have anywhere to put it right now. <laughs> we'll work um, on it. And then we got the eye dry and that was great. And then it still became okay, now we got this eye drive. we needed a more efficient way to mill wood and move around. So we went out and we bought a loader so we could actually pick it up because we used to have to just load the kiln by hand. That was terrible. And then, yeah, we got the, like I said, the full shop, the CNC. I bought a lot of equipment to make the furniture building and the processing of it more efficient. And there's still more that I'd like to buy, but uh, I bought a lot in the beginning that I knew what, what I considered to be like a minimum. And then as the furniture demand kept coming in, and, and I was watching my lead times for furniture grow more and more and more you know, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks it's like, okay, if I have 12 weeks worth of work that I need to do. I need to work at my other job less. Like that doesn't make any sense. And so that's basically what I saw. And I watched that for the last six months of it stay that way. Meanwhile, unfortunately, I'm getting paid for my day job and I'm just putting that money away cuz I didn't really need it anymore and so you know I did it as safely as I could and after I did that for 6 months I told my wife I said look I'm going to have to just leave and there is risk of course when you do that but it was also to more I wanted to get a little bit of life balance back because you know I've got a 13 year old and an 8 year old and my wife works full time and it just I hardly ever had any time to do anything with them and I knew that if I were able to just at least let my day job go I could do this like a day job and have more time with my family which was really important so so that's that's where we're at now where I'm now working only 50 hours a week maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's better than what it was before so is your lead time still are you still like 12 weeks out on furniture
1: no I was I was very surprised with how it's, it's so funny, and, and there's a word for it. I just can't remember what it is. It's like a multiplying effect or something, but like you, you or the, the sum of the pieces is greater than the total or something like that. But like just by having an extra two days off, my lead times drastically changed. Yeah. And it's because you lose efficiency between that. When you interrupt your work, like yeah. if I was working M2 Lumber Monday and then day job Tuesday, Wednesday, and then M2 Lumber Thursday, and just that interruption in between drastically slowed me down and and so now just doing M2 lumber full time just it's so much easier.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it's so much easier to stay on top of what I need to get done, to stay organized, to manage the workflows and everything. And so our lead times now are like 2 to 3 weeks. Yeah. It's it's so much faster.
0: But still still busy, right? You're still crazy. you still have customers yeah. oh, yeah. coming in and you know, yeah. I hear fear from new guys thinking about this venture, worried about the economy. But the guys that I work with and talk to, they say they're busier than ever. Last year was their best year ever as they continue to grow and build their brand. And, you know, speaking of building your brand, how did you start pulling in all of these customers, your awesome social media presence? And, and you're really good at that. Is that just something that came natural to your personality and
1: Yeah, I think it'd be a little unfair to say uh, it wasn't natural. Um, Before I studied and majored in engineering in college, my first major was actually theater. (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I I can tell because uh, the videos are just so fun to watch and you're a character, and it's super
1: yeah. entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So that that part comes a little natural to me. And plus, you know, I think that if you're if you're truly passionate about something, like you, you can't hide it anyways. Like people people will see that they will know it. And if you've ever watched anything, it could be a video on fly fishing or how to organize your office or whatever. When someone's passionate about it, yeah. it automatically ups the level of entertainment. Uh, uh, it hooks you, you, you know. You, you're you're just you're more curious about why is this person so passionate about <laughs> organizing an office. That's I hate that, and yeah. so you're watching it just for that aspect sometimes. So yeah, I mean the the branding part that was something that I one of the benefits of working in in industry for for ten years. I had a little bit of a role switch uh, early on in my career with the uh, the transmission company, the automotive company, and I went from engineering background or engineering function to what they call a business ops leader background uh, role and so that's more or less like working with the people and the organization and projects and stuff like that and it's more management stuff than it is um, engineering and so that was interesting to me to learn all these new things and I took I took classes within the company you know on business negotiations marketing and advertising people team flow and teamwork and stuff like that. And I really got interested in the marketing and advertising side of things. And so I've read dozens and dozens of books and listened to audio books on, you know, best practices and ways to do that. And so when I decided this was going to be a business, that's when I went in. I was like, okay, I need a name. I need a logo. I need something. I need a catchphrase, a slogan. I need, you know, I need these basic things so that people will see and hear and know, oh, yeah, course, I know who that is. And and I think that's worked out pretty well. And then of course, putting it in the right places to Facebook, Instagram, Google search, YouTube, you know, all those different places. Yeah. And I think brand
0: recognition, that is really, once you start to build up the brand recognition, then your products, you can, people start asking a little bit more money and they start coming to you looking for your stuff. And yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, what would be the biggest advice you, you give to somebody starting out as far as getting your company name out there? Would it be start on Facebook Marketplace? Would it be jump, learn Google Ads?
1: Which would you? I would say both. So there's definitely something to be said. There's tons of research on this. You know, they call it weak references or, or weak relationships. People, for some reason, like if, if I went and said, oh yeah, you should definitely buy an eye dry, you know? That alone, if I know that person, would be enough to convince them to seriously look into it because they know me and they trust me. So there's a lot to be said about personal relationships and word of mouth. So for sure, you should advertise locally. You should tell all your friends. I know, I know a lot of people that start small businesses and they like are afraid to tell people. I'm like, you better kick that to the curb Three right? bit from the mountains right you you yeah you you need to be preaching every i don't care how annoying you're afraid it might be i'm like you're serious about this and i mean i still think about it back in the day and kind of laugh when you know people used to see and you'll get these comments when you're starting out oh that's cool you got a little business going oh that's you know it's 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 a little demeaning the way they they yeah. phrase it and they say it like oh that's neat a little side business and now i'm like yeah i a little side business is I quit my day job and now it's a business business so right. everything has to start there and work its way up so definitely yeah. don't be afraid to tell everyone even in the very beginning this is my brand this is what we do this is my logo like that's it from the very beginning have that and stick with it you can you know tweak it and modify it as you move along like the original name of my company was m squared innovations yep yeah. And I was like, after about a year, I was like, that does not really jive well with what we do. Like, I thought it was a cool name, but it's not clear what we do. So we just changed it to M2 Lumber. That's a little bit more clear and obvious.
0: You can make those tweaks. You can try new things. And as a small business, it's always a little bit frightening. But somebody told me once who started a business, he's like, you always feel like you're kind of faking it at the beginning because you're making it up as you go. And then even when you get successful and things are going, you always kind of feel, but, but all of a sudden you're the real deal. You're doing it. You're supporting yourself you're supporting your family off something that you are passionate about and really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, it's, that's been the best part of my job is to work with guys like you who, who have this dream of not working in this warehouse and, and managing people and working with my hands and being outside. Like the lumber driving is a cool aspect, like the wood industry, but the guys that are in this industry are just super down to earth people mm-hmm. that are, mm-hmm great to deal with it's it's been a pleasure seeing businesses flourish so what do you think's next on the horizon what's your big thing where's m2 Uh,
1: i have one big next plan which i can't really say anything about right 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 now but it but it'll it if it comes to fruition it, it will be big yeah. so basically just a little bit of expansion of the business mm-hmm. but for right now just continue milling now again now that i quit my day job right i've got so much more spare time so we're we're going to be milling wood like crazy basically get all the logs off the ground get them cut up get them milled up and just waiting to go into the kiln because that's that's still the the slowest part of the process even though it's fast i can kiln dry a week to two weeks mm-hmm. but I can mill a thousand more feet a day easily. Oh, you so. cut
0: faster than you can dry no matter what, no matter how oh,
1: yeah. Dry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I, I do want to get possibly a second one if I can find a place to organize where I can put that because we, we already have the demand for it, especially the slower drying hardwoods like white oak and stuff that's been really high here lately. But yeah, I'm looking forward to taking it to probably back to work in hundred hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately but yeah a little bit of expansion into similar avenues but a little bit more than what we've been doing here recently is I guess it, one thing I can talk about is that, that we're going to start trying to do is online lumber sales so I haven't done that yet yeah. everything that we've done so far has really been in person
0: yep um, and I was checking out your store you have a few those are like a coat rack and some other products that are kind of ready to that are shippable is that
1: yeah those yeah. are those are those are tough. Those are tough to do. If you can come up with something really unique that no one else has done, then for sure you can, you can sell a lot of those. I sell a few of them. It's, it's not enough to where, you know, it's, it's a big focus of mine and it's because I'm making sort of commodity items. Yeah. Like the shaker peg shelf. That's a, if you Google shaker peg shelf, there's dozens of them, hundreds of them. So I'm competing with everybody, including ones that are probably made in Mexico or China. So Those are gonna be really cheap. But if I can make them out of, you know, like American black walnut or cherry or some spalted wood or something like that, that can kind of make it unique sometimes to to want to sell online. But you know, and everybody has their different opportunity costs. And so the way I look at it is even though those could possibly sell better if I've made them cheaper, I'm probably better off putting my time and effort into something else where I yeah. could make a little bit more money at it. That's all. Yeah.
0: And if the guys who are listening to this, if you think that this industry of live edge slabs and unique furniture is dead. Go to a home goods or go to a Hobby Lobby with your wife, walk around and you'll see that they are trying to emulate live edge furniture, mm-hmm. cookie end tables with like this Taiwanese type of wood. Matt probably mm-hmm. knows what it is. because yeah. a- Oh yeah. Super wood.
1: <laughs> it's, it's usually acacia or olive wood. Those are really popular. You see those all over the place because they get it from China and India and they get it dirt cheap. Um, yeah. So they can import it in here to the U.S. But yeah, no, Home Depot is actually selling live edge slabs now. Little, it's unbelievable.
0: And little kits that you can put together to, to make yeah. it look like a live edge slab. And really, the biggest challenge that I've been seeing and something that we're working on is... I have so many guys out there making cool things and they don't understand the Google ads, the Facebook, how to get your brand out there, how to have people find you. And we yeah, even, yeah. Um, at iDry kind of pulled back our map a little bit as we did some market research to see how can we get people to our customers better. And really the answer is, we're going to be rolling out a marketing program that's going to be pretty much turnkey subscription that you'll have Google ads. If you don't wanna know and you don't want to learn
1: yeah, that's the smart. whole
0: marketing side of things, we wanna to try to take care of that as much as possible because if somebody near you Googles kiln drying, it should everybody within hour and a half, two hours should come up. M two number of if I'm in your area, you do a really good job. You pop up first so that people can see. Yep. So, yep, um, super and
1: we've important. got we've got our we've got our website with our SEO optimized and we've got Google ads running for furniture. We've got YouTube ads running. We've got search uh, ads running for for everything that we do, not just the kiln drying, but for yeah. the. The custom milling, the wood sales, the kiln drying, the custom, you know, all of that stuff. And yeah, that is important. And it's, it can be expensive, but yeah. um, all I can say is try it because it's worked. There's a reason why I have not stopped. I'm afraid to stop paying it every month because it I know how. it right? take me two seconds. I want to sh- just to share with everybody as a real example in the last 30 days for my website. We've had 5,377 website visits in the last 30 days. And that is that is 100% from Google ads and Facebook ads. Yeah, over 59,000 impressions from Google ads, 998 website clicks. That's a thousand people clicking on an ad that are going to come to my website if, for whatever reason. And that's never a bad thing. No, And I think we've got subscribers on our website too. I don't know how many we have. We've got over a couple thousand subscribers as well. And that's that's really key. When you get a subscriber, when you have their email address, that is like the best thing you can hope for. Because now you can, whenever you want, reach out and touch that person, whether they want it or not. And you can say, Mm -hmm. hey, I just pulled 1,200 board feet of black walnut slabs out of my kiln. And maybe they didn't even know they wanted black walnut slabs, but you've emailed them and told them about it. And now they're like, shit. I, oops, sorry. Damn. I need to go get some of that. So that's important to do that. That's
0: what it's all about is collecting leads, nurturing those leads, keeping in contact with them, sending them great videos, educating them. And at at some point, if they stick around at some point, they're going to end up using your services. I'm I'm pretty confident of that. So again, just killing it. Awesome videos. We're going to put the link to his website, all his amazing, funny content right after you watch this, go watch some of Matt's videos. We we don't,
1: we don't have a whole lot on YouTube right now because I haven't had time, but that is one of the things also. Now I quit my job. We're going to be doing more YouTube (laughs) videos of, of milling, of kiln drying and all kinds of good stuff. So
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to that content as well. So subscribe, follow M2 Lumber. And also this Month we have a free moisture meter with any deposit. Deposits are still only five hundred dollars. Join the club. Start your own business. Leave your job. Yep. What Matt does.
1: <laughs> yep. Work outside cool. every day. It's beautiful. Work
0: outside. Life balance. Be your own boss. What's better than this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Living the dream. Yep.
0: Cool. Well, hey, we'll get this edited. We'll get it out to you. Okay. Super. We appreciate it. I'm going to yeah, come man. visit you once you get this other thing up and running. Awesome. And I'm not just saying that cuz it's a blizzard here and I'm jealous of your warm weather. So
1: <laughs> That's actually cold here today too. It's like 38 only. So uh,
0: T-shirt yeah. weather.